Good Christ, it's sensory overload. I'm John. I'm Allie. Hey, she's back, everybody. I'm not, you know, uh, with a, a small child as my co-host anymore. Yeah, sorry to disappoint y'all. She's much cuter than me. I can tell you, uh, last episode has a number one fan, and it is Bethany. She listens to that episode constantly because she is delighted that the co-host keeps talking about baby belt cheese and throwing up. <laughs> Of course. It, it may be the most listened to episode we've ever had because much like these YouTube channels for kids, they just watch them over and over again and rack up millions of hits. So I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly our uh, listenership had doubled or tripled. <laughs> and it's just our kid over and over and over just again. Just our kid, yeah. Just or perhaps you could um, you could play that episode for the children in your life and then we could get even more of those sweet, sweet YouTube type numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because your kids want to hear about baby bell cheese and throwing up, right? <laughs> they might. It might be pertinent to their interests. <laughs> oh, man. You can write us at sensoryoverloadpodcast at gmail.com. I know it's hilarious. Or you can go to sensoryoverloadpodcast.com and see all the links to our social medias, the the Facebooks, the Instagrams, and, of course, uh, Elon Musk's new toy. Fucking toy. Yeah. Twitter. Okay, uh, before we tell our little stories of the months that were, uh, we got an email. Allie, can you believe it? We have an email. Yeah, we got an email from Lisa, and it goes something like this. Hello, I just listened to your April episode, and B was an amazing guest co-host. Thanks for sharing that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Wasn't she? <laughs> Wasn't she great? I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning. My twin sister is an MFT with a focus on autism and turned me on to your show. Hey, shout out to the providers. I taught high school for 17 years. I recently moved to the ed tech world. And thanks to my sister's influence, my autistic students always had a special place in my heart. One year I had four students on the spectrum in one class. And let me tell you, witnessing the broadness of the spectrum all at once was incredible. One of those four students was a young woman whose parents were amazing advocates like you. Aww. Thanks. See, she complimented Shucks. us. <laughs> this student had a one-on-one -on -one aide and so was able to be in a general education classroom. She loved princesses and drawing, and it was so wonderful to get to know since nearly all of my other students with autism were boys. And a lot of masking girls, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming. Yeah, yeah that could, be, could have been the case. <laughs> uh, in any case, my 12-year-old son is also a little neurodivergent, ADHD and a learning disability. And your show has been a wonderful support to me as I've worked on advocating for his needs through the whole bleeping IP, <laughs> through the whole bleeping IEP process. Yeah. I love that. You, you self-censored. That's amazing. <laughs> on a show that does not require it, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks for levity and education all rolled into one best Lisa. Thank well, you. Well, that's awful sweet. Thank you. It's good that, you know, we're reaching other uh, disabilities besides just the, the dread autism. Well, I think it's also um, it's also interesting, you know, that she brings up to the fact that it's like most of the time her autistic students would be boys because that is such a um, yeah, that's such a prevalent thing about the, that girls are better at masking or that girls get, you know, don't get uh, diagnosed. I almost said detected. <laughs> don't get found out. <laughs> don't get discovered. In, in general, let alone, let alone as, as early as the boys do. So. Yes. 
Yeah, that would be something to have uh, for non-neuro tips in one classroom, but I imagine it would also be uh, entertaining. Well, I mean, I like the way that she kind of made it sound where she's like, I get to see the full display of the spectrum, you know, four <laughs> points of the spectrum or whatever. I thought that was really kind of cool because it's like that gives you a picture of like, woo, that's a lot to keep track of. But also, oh, that's a really interesting, you know, you're going to get to see four really distinctive probably perspectives. Oh, yeah. Know? Well, I mean, uh, when we go to pick up our daughter from therapy, we will often run into other uh, um, kids leaving the therapy and it's interesting to see the you know the differences in in you know the different kids some kids are uh non-verbal they don't talk to you at all i had one <laughs> one kid he doesn't do this every time but he came out just screaming fuck at the top of his lungs <laughs> for several minutes straight and <laughs> i can't remember who was with him i think it was a grandparent actually and the grandparent was like can we not <laughs> <laughs> while the kid was gleefully yelling fuck well in that kid's uh defense or whatever i mean i when i was a kid i remember like well not just when i was a kid obviously now i still revel in it but the the you know the pure pleasure of profanity <laughs> the yeah. pure fucking pleasure of profanity i mean there is something i discovered profanity for reals in like third or fourth grade and uh Never look back. I, there's something about it that I still, I mean, Allie will watch me. I'll be like cussing to myself sometimes and then giggling about it because I find it so hilarious. And I don't know why. Because again, when you get right down to it, they're just words. Meanwhile, I'm the opposite where I feel like it's a crucial part of vocabulary and I really want to use it well. <laughs> well, I sort of agree with that, but I also like, you know, I like the poetry of it, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Absolutely. It doesn't actually that's, have to mean anything. Well, that's exactly what I mean is um, you use it to create poetry. <laughs> yes. Allie was told that she was a poet of profanity when she was working on her movie. Yeah. One of my one of my colleagues called me a poet of profanity and I was highly, highly complimented. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> hey everybody, Allie's been off making movies, but now she's back home. I know, for a brief period of uh, respite between production and post-production, but post-production, not good. It's a lot longer, but it tends to be less insane, so here's hoping that I can, you know, see my family more often. I haven't been told that I can. While Allie was gone, uh, it was me and the kid making our way through, and we found our way and it was actually kind of fun in its own way it was kind of chaotic because well not to put everybody's dirty laundry out there but uh i was the one who had to be sort of uh the rock because on the one hand the child was very upset because uh mommy was away from home and it was uh kind of messing with her a little bit so she would cry herself to sleep sometimes and i'd be like oh it's okay bud it's okay it's, yeah. it's okay it's gonna be fine don't worry and then i get her settled and then Allie would come home and she'd say, this is so hard and cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm making my first feature as a writer and a director. Um, and before this, I had um, been, as you all know, if you've listened to the podcast, I've been home with Bethany and I've been working on putting this film together. I've been rewriting, I've been developing, I've been casting. So I've been working from home, but it just, it's a completely different experience to, to do that versus, uh, and for years before that, I was just, just quote unquote, taking care of Bethany and writing. And so um, this, this felt like. Like I had been in the suburbs, which is where I am, and then I went to a very loud party I was in charge of on the moon. 
Like it was just really, <laughs> really a lot. It was just a crazy, crazy experience. Um, wonderful, very grateful. Uh, I feel like I'll unpack it forever. It's a very complicated, <laughs> loaded experience. And part of that was being away from the family, but not being away away. So being yeah, in I, town was a little bit of a mind screw because we're, the commute know. was quite severe. And then um, I was always trying to be mindful about trying to be able to see B at least a little bit every day. And then trying to do the prep for the film, trying to sleep, trying to contend with my very complicated feelings about the process. And so it was a lot. And so very often I would come home and just be like, hi, ah, and fall apart a little bit and then pull myself together again to get the work done. <laughs> Yeah, it was something. Just f- just to be full disclosure, because I think it's important that like uh, the more we can kind of talk about what it's like for those big changes to happen in our families, the more I hope my hope that it can make you feel if you're content if you're thinking about or contending with similar kinds of changes that it doesn't feel like an impossible thing because we don't tell you it's fine and there's no problem from it but we don't tell you that it's like miserable and don't even dare you know no and i mean it was interesting to get it from a different point of view because usually in years past i've been the one leaving the house and you know trying to get those moments with b and you know having you know so many other things pulling you in other directions it's it's actually been very nice to be home for the last couple of years because i see b much more often she takes me a little bit more for granted which is nice you know some days were better than others but for the most part she really stepped up b was trying her hardest and i think that's part of why she was getting the sad so much is she was really having to to be relied on to do stuff herself so which is uh, very healthy she she should be you know she's getting bigger now she's 11 so it's like yeah you have to learn to be more independent you have to take care of your stuff and if you don't do something then you have a consequence to it even just a natural consequence of oh crap now you have to do it at seven at night or oh crap you didn't get it done and now you have to go tell your teacher that you didn't or whatever you know yeah so we were home and and mom was away and then uh in a weird bit of like uh like a perfect storm Allie finished shooting i finished my job b had spring break and And i I was like wait a minute do we actually have a window here where we could go somewhere and um because uh, we had waited until bethany was vaccinated which was in december when she was fully vaccinated and then Omicron hit and then the movie hit. And so we had been wanting to go see my mom and brother and my brother's partners in Boston, but we hadn't been going because Bethany wasn't vaccinated. And you know, we, so once we could, so basically it was like this very last minute, like, okay, I see the window. Let's let's jump through the window. Go, 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 go. But I mean, it was so crazy because it was like I was literally booking the tickets and was just like still had a couple of days of shooting left to do but when I booked the tickets and then like was trying to book a hotel and all this stuff like when I was just <laughs> so exhausted right after shooting wrapped and I didn't even finish all the hotel booking until we were in Boston. Like yeah. that's how crazy and last minute it all felt. We were sort of moving around a little bit and... So she got a hotel for the first night and then an Airbnb for the second couple of nights. And then we were just sort of like, well, hopefully we'll find something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, well, we're in Boston. I'm sure we'll find a hotel, you know? Hilariously, we didn't know this, but there was a uh, uh, video game convention in town. PAX was in town. And the Boston Marathon. Yes. We didn't know any of this. It worked out, mostly. Yeah, we were fine. (laughs) 
The uh, hotel was loud, but other than that. Except I will say that uh, for all of you who may be driving in Boston, uh, God bless you, because <laughs> yeah. that place is uh, fucking awful to drive in. <laughs> and I have been driving in L.A. for 20-something years. I, I will happily continue to drive in L.A. I mean, we no street leads to any other street. Streets turn one way in the middle of the street. One day we were driving around in Harvard Square and a goddamn wild turkey crossed the road. <laughs> and the people in the van with us, our family, were not surprised. Yeah, that were... was the part of the, the story that was so wacky. They're like, oh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> they will do that. Oh, my gosh. There it was, was one point, you know, There was one point where like a street trolley was passing by. And we're like, oh, how quaint, a street trolley. And I just assumed, like in many other areas, it's like, oh, the street trolley goes down the middle and the cars go on the side. Nope, you share one lane with the trolley. And there's a trolley coming from the other side. So, you know, make sure you don't kind of swerve a little bit and get hit. I mean, yeah, that was uh, a fun week. I can tell you that. But even before we got to Boston, uh, we flew on a plane. We did a one... Uh, uh, a full-length five-hour flight from uh, LAX to Boston, and uh, our child did phenomenal. She was great. Uh, and this is after, you know, years and years of her working at it and us working at it and social stories and all sorts of other things. We didn't make a social story for this one. We were just sort of, like, running out of time, and it was just sort yeah. of, like, a thing that had to be scuttled. But she was just so excited to be going anywhere outside of the state that she just was on her oh, best behavior. She, she was, was so thrilled. We did. She did unfortunately get motion sickness at the very end of the flight and throw up all over everything. But, that was the great thing. We were so just so you don't feel too like. Well, jealous. I was. I was getting to that. That's the thing. She was just playing with her dolls and looking out the window the whole time. Like she didn't. She didn't even want to watch the iPad. She was just like, "I'm on a plane." Like we, that's yeah, what she kept saying. "I'm on a plane." We had downloaded hours of bullshit for her to watch, and she was just like, "Eh." I'll, I'll be I'll be fine. I'll just watch. And she did. And meanwhile, and of course, I hate flying. So I'm off in the corner uh, listening to my audiobook of the talented Mr. Ripley and playing a video game, trying my damnedest not to notice every single goddamn bump and jostle and dip. And, they, you know, the, the it was fine. We hit a little bit of chop on the way. And, and it was, you know, my stomach's doing flip-flops when I'm just like, eh, it's all right. It's all right. And... <laughs> Then we start to land. It's like, you know, we've been doing four hours, you know, of this and that, but we're almost, we're, we're now in descent mode and uh, we're like, okay, well, finally, it's almost over. We just need to survive another half hour. And so, you know, we put all our seats up and we, you know, we put our stuff away and B's got, she takes her Pinkalicious doll, her favorite Pinkalicious doll and puts it out for her to watch. Uh, and then she uh, looks out the window, and suddenly, go 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 go. The pl- I mean, it it's- gets so turbulent. Like I almost, th- I thought I was going to be sick. And just as I'm like, oh no, if I feel like I'm going to be sick, she might. Are you okay? But yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and a moment later, throws up. All over every, and of course, we are mid descent, so not you know, the, nothing the, to be done. Can't do a thing about it. The flight attendants are sitting down and buckled up. They can't do anything about it. We yep. can't move. Uh, and so I, and she's at the window and I'm on the aisle. So Allie's in the middle. She has to deal with all of it while I just sit there trying not to freak out. <laughs> and I'm just trying not to throw up while I'm cleaning up throw up. Anyway, you don't need more of this part of the story, but let me just say that that really sucked obviously, but I don't know if y'all feel this way, but sometimes when it's just something that straightforward, there's something a little bit reassuring about it as opposed to the thing where you're like, oh, they're having a meltdown because of a 
they're having a meltdown right meltdowns are so much worse because you're just like what is this actually about did i not think of something ahead of time that would have stopped this how what's the best way to diffuse it i have to like honor their feelings but not feed into it yeah well because usually a meltdown is you know a lot of times it's just a breakdown in communication for them it's like yes i want something and i can't express the want so i flip out or i can't understand why you're saying no like, right. like if I was in a good place, I might understand it. Or maybe if you were in a better place, mom or dad, then I would understand it. You know, yeah. like sometimes does that. But so it's like, it, it's terrible to deal with that sort of like throwing up and so forth. But it's also a little, like, a little bit like, well, this is terrible and I'm exhausted and it's so gross, but at least it's like not emotional <laughs> in that same way. <laughs> Instead, you're just like, the emotion is like, oh shoot, I wish I had thought about drama mean or something. Like that's as far as you get, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, Pinkalicious got hit. Oh, man, I tried to wash that poor doll so many she times. She did. Um, so, R.I.P. Pinkalicious. And um, uh, apparently, this particular doll is uh, apparently so rare that it's in the Smithsonian or some shit because we tried <laughs> all looking... All of a sudden? Yeah, because we tried looking it up and it's like, this is shit we just picked up at a Barnes & Noble one day and like now we can't find it. Yeah, but I mean, at least, but here's another thing that shows the flexibility. I was like, oh, B, I'm really sorry, but um, they don't seem to be selling these right now. And so I don't know what to tell you. I said, this is this is the one we could get online, but we can't get any in person. And I was like, or you could just pick a different doll out. <laughs> like, what's fair <laughs> is fair. And so she was like, meh, I'll pick another doll. So it's just, crazy. Because- and that's not the kind of thing that she would have done before. Before, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably can relate to the like, no, you would have had to be like, I need to find a friend who knows a guy who knows who makes the pinkalicious yeah. shit to be able to pull this off so that your kid does can sleep at night. I mean, I think we've you know? talked in the past about the amazing baby doll. Yeah. That when she had a doll when she was about she like a year or something old, she got from her cousin who just gave her this old ratty doll that she didn't want anymore. And she loved it. She adored it. It went everywhere with her. It went to New York. It went to Paris. It And everywhere we took it. From, we still have her. We still have her. Thank God. Because we all, you know, but everywhere we went from like New York, Paris, wherever, we had to... Secure the football is what yeah, we called her. We would, yeah, we couldn't say, uh, hey, where's baby doll in a freaked out voice. We'd have to be like, okay, who has the football? <laughs> <laughs> because if we said baby doll, then she her ears would perk up. And then the other dolls like that were crucial be, had became other names too. It was like who has the softball? I right. What else was, we yeah, had. there was the football. Like, oh, there was the softball. Names. Yeah, it's so funny because we knew them by heart. Now I can't even remember them. But like, yeah, she had like at the time she had four favorites. Baby yeah. doll was the far and away the favorite. There was like a you know, Cecile. Cecile, who was a second, like a, this tiny little American doll uh, girl, and uh, yeah, and then a couple others. Oh, um, um, Madeline. Yeah, Madeline was big. From, but, but anyway, yeah. So, but I mean, we dead serious. At there was a point in life when we were like, okay, in case we lose baby doll, we have to know what brand the doll is, what it looks like. We have to be able to sort of replace it at a moment's notice, and we didn't have to do that. And it's like, oh my god, how the how the wheel of Ka has turned. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's it's just amazing how much work she has done to to be as like because. Nothing bothered her like it used to bother her on this trip. I mean, I would say like 95% of the stuff that, you know, might have bothered her at one point in life did not bother her. She was just always happy to be on a trip. 
Oh yeah. And some of that is some of that's age and some of that is also like, hey, I just came, you know, through all this lockdown periods and everything where it's like I wasn't going anywhere and getting to do things and she's crazy about airplanes and travel and hotels and stuff. And so it was like all of her favorite things. Yes. She was getting to see her family that she had missed so much. And so there was and they are very, very loving and very like accommodating and understanding and mm-hmm. basically all the things that you hope a family will be about such things like they are they're wonderful about it and so um she was in a good a really great situation because of all of those things safe space she was in a safe space but even then i mean i would have understood i mean john and i definitely had our grumpy moments it's like that that would have been Mm -hmm. fair but she really didn't like she would get you know kind of she would script more than she usually would and things like that that you could tell were kind of like "Eh, i'm a little out of my comfort zone but she was like she was so excited but it was funny because she would get fixated on certain things that were just like so like any kid would which is like I think grandma wants to buy you a toy. So we're probably going to go to a toy store tomorrow and finally let her buy you a toy. So you can think about what kind you, Oh, and then it became like, when are we going to the toy to get? And then she like blew up our spot. Cause she was like, she was like, went in front of the whole family and not just me and John. Hey, so when are we going to the toy store to let grandma buy me a toy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily grandma was, uh, was kind enough to keep playing the game. Yes. Even though she had not been forewarned about such things. Well, because mom kept being like, I'm going to get this for beat. And I'm like, she's not in the room with us, like in the store with us. Like she's let her pick something out because I guarantee you, then you can get to be the hero. Like yes. that, that's like picking, getting her the thing she really wants. Otherwise she'll like whatever you give her. She's very like, she'll remember abused. you gave it. Yeah. She'll remember you gave it to her, but it will but, not, mean... but it won't be the same as if you pick out as if you let her pick something out and then you get yeah. to be the one. I'll get it for you. Sure. Yeah. And then she's the hero you know you go to a literal toy store and and just sweep your hand and say pick one. Oh my god so we did it was like john found this incredible toy store in uh brookline which is out just outside boston um and um oh what was it called it was henry bears cave it was, it was i think henry bears something or other yeah, yeah and it's it's sort of a little chain i guess i didn't know much about it but there were several of them yeah and it was just this little you know but it was like well it was like it was a really nice like kind of old-fashioned toy store and that it was like everything's like really good quality a good variety of stuff like nice you know nice roomy enough but not like you know yeah it's not a warehouse like toys r us used yeah to be. it's not like unending you know anyway it was glorious we had a lot of fun with our family and um and had a good time getting to reunite and getting to travel and 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 I didn't freak out like I thought I might have when they took the mask mandate down in the middle of us being on their trip. I was not excited about that. It went really well. And yeah, uh, and B, again, I mean, she's been good on other trips, too. It's like we've been lucky. Like the first few trips we took her on when she was little were kind of nightmarish because we really didn't understand what we were dealing with and we didn't have the tools to deal with stuff. And now to again, help her, yeah. Yeah, and now after years of, you know, working out systems and figuring out, I mean... When we say things like, oh, she was scripting a lot more than she usually does, that would have freaked us out a lot more. But we've also been like trying to help B understand it's like, hey, if you need to script, if it helps you feel better, go ahead and do it. Just understand there's a time and place and we're going to need you at some point to come back to us. You know, you're going to have to reel yourself back in so that we can talk to you or we can go somewhere and you need to be present. 
and to and to communicate with us when she does need those breaks and tr- and for us to try to watch her to see where she might need them you know just like john and i kind of try to look out for each other in terms of like i feel like you're not doing so great right now so maybe you <laughs> could try having a break or maybe you can do this it's like we do the same thing with her you know it's like yeah. uh we kind of you know we all know each other well enough to go i think i'm seeing some signs so why don't you yeah. go ahead and take a break and go script well, in the other room and it's funny because she will be like she calls it reciting so she's like can i go recite upstairs now <laughs> and i'm like yes thank you for asking nicely you know or no we're in the middle of a conversation with your grandmother <laughs> you know <laughs> like, yeah. like give I mean, it five minutes you know yeah we try and like be like okay yes you can script eventually but if you can you know tolerate another couple of minutes of interacting with other humans we would appreciate it you know, we're, again, we're trying to teach her that, like, these are not things to be necessarily avoided or shamed by. It's like, you know, use the tools that you need to use. It's just understand how to use them. If you, you know, if you can, you know, direct yourself to at least pay attention for a couple more minutes. Great. You know, if you need and then if you need to script, lovely, go script. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and this is new for us, too. I mean, it's not like brand new, but it's like the idea that like, oh, she needs her time and she needs to be able to do her thing is you know it's just a thing we didn't you know we've we've understood less in the past i feel like and now it's more like a thing it's like oh she needs to do it it makes her feel better it helps everything out it's her diffusion tool so let's work around it let's let's figure out how she can do it yeah when is a good time for it and and like we've talked about before on the podcast it's like there's it can be tricky because sometimes you're like she needs her breaks and it's like sure but then the breaks turn into hours of it and that's not a break (laughs) anymore that's enabling you know uh uh, avoidance yeah well i mean she she can also go down a rabbit hole which we, you, know, you know we all do sometimes yes. i mean it's like sure yeah and i mean sometimes it's like uh, she's on vacation let her go down a rabbit hole we're just gonna have to work a little harder tomorrow to you know get her back but yeah i mean it it, it worked out great is basically the the punchline of the whole story is it's like we had a little bit of trouble with her on the plane ride back because she was tired and we were flying all fucking day and it was like a 12 hour she like, was excited though because she got to go on two planes that day yeah we had to we stopped because <laughs> we had Chicago. a connection we just had a connection that's all nothing yes. dramatic we had to you know we we got to the uh boston airport early waited for a couple hours went to chicago stayed there for three hours and then you know on the you know five hour flight and then not only was our flight you know because we're going the opposite way and there's more wind resistance so it's already a longer trip back so it's like five hours instead of four they also had to avoid a huge like weather problem so they took us out of the way so it added on another like hour and we're like jesus christ so yeah she was a little bit tired by the time we hit our our second flight so and this is one of those like oh we recognize that someone needs help i thought well i'll sit in the middle aisle this time because i you know i i took a time out for the flight over i'll i'll be the parent in charge in the middle and at one point she'd been a little squirmy for a while and she kept sort of escalating and i was trying to diffuse her and i wasn't having any luck and at one point Allie just looked over and said do you want me to sit in the middle and at first i was like no i should be able to do this i can't you know I, well because you, you were getting kind of snappy with her too like you were both snapping at each other a little bit yes. and i was like eh, i know how this goes because i've been on both sides of this yes well and again i don't like to fly i used to love to fly and i you know the switch got flipped when i was a young adult and i don't know what happened but now i hate it uh and so i was you anxiety know, yeah well i was and i was fighting my anxiety while i was trying to deal with her and nicely uh ali said hey why don't you sit on the edge and at first i was like no i have to man up and do this and then like i thought about it for a minute i was like mm, you know what on the other hand 
fuck it. And well, yeah. Yeah, you need to take the help that you need. And sometimes she just needs the other parent sometimes. It's yeah, like, and it worked like and a it, charm. And it's not just mom. It's like sometimes just the other parent is like, good. Yeah. I mean, and in this case, it works. She calmed way down. Yeah. When we when we switched, she that de-escalated her immediately. And then Allie was able to, you know, being the different parent could calm her down a little bit. And it's like, oh, OK. And because I'd had a break and was watching, you know, Bridgerton and stuff by myself <laughs> in the aisle seat for a little while, I could come in with like a new perspective of like, hey, it's OK. Let's play with some toys together. It's yeah. OK. And it, it was it was great. And she calmed right down and fell asleep half an hour later. So mm-hmm. I mean. And she she completely de-escalated and that was great so yeah um, so it, it it worked out is what we're saying this weird impromptu like we didn't know we were going to boston until about a week before yeah that was crazy <laughs> which uh yeah I, I i don't know that i've ever had that sort of and it was a week-long trip so I, I don't think i've ever had a trip for that long you know that wasn't sort of inspired by a medical emergency or something like <laughs> that, that was that last minute that was that last minute yeah and it was and it worked out i was I mean, there were some. <laughs> there were some moments, of there course. Were some moments but I mean, it's a week long trip with family with very little notice across the country. So, but again, the things that I, I'm thinking of, like that are the bumps in the road, are like the driving was awful and it you know made yeah. me uh, angry as fuck and and uh, we were staying in a hotel, you know, the one that we got. We thought, oh, we got a nicer hotel than the one we stayed in the first night. It technically was nicer, but it certainly uh, was louder. Yeah, it turns out we uh, booked a hotel uh, that was by a hospital and a police station. So little sireny. <laughs> yeah, and not, and which is weird because we got used to the sirens, but then our pipes started making weird, like moaning noises, like someone was dying, and it happened every few minutes. And it was like, what the fuck is going on in this room? What the hell? <laughs> so that was an interesting few days, um, but it all worked out. We got sleep. It's fine. Yes. And we're back home, and and now Allie's got another week off, and I'm back on another job from home, and uh, uh, and Bethany's back in school, and and now we're at the new, the new crazy. Yep, coming <laughs> we, into the new crazy. We've gone out of the old insanity and into the new crazy, uh, and the new crazy. By the way, uh, this will be our little epilogue for this whole tale. Uh, our child just got braces. Yeah, so we come back from Boston. I had to reschedule the appointment that John made for braces because we just because uh, he originally had the nice idea that we're going to do it over spring break, so she's not trying to deal with new braces over with school. And then I was like, "Oh no, sir, we're going to do it right after this trip." Um, and so because uh, I was like, "Well, really, that was kind of our choice. It was the only thing we could do because otherwise yeah. it gets into like now we're both fully working again, you know? Like let's do braces too." So we get back from the trip and like. Two days later is braces time, so we go, I go get her, take her to get her braces, and you know we have to. I had to make her. I've made her so many smoothies and mashed potatoes and all these other soft <laughs> things. So basically, like there, I because I'm I'm still kind of playing catch up with what all is going on. It's like, oh wait, what's this? What are the IEPs that are happening soon? And what what are we supposed to be doing with them? Wait, oh right, she's getting braces. What does that entail? Because I never got them. 
and um and of course john got him when he was a child and so it's like everybody we're all kind of catching up and learning because john was like yeah it's fine it's not that big a deal everybody else that i've talked to has been like oh shit she got braces oh poor kid that's really hard that hurts i mean you know because i think you just have a little bit of rose-colored glasses it was a long time ago you know or maybe it's different now i don't know well i'll say this the reason i got braces is because my teeth looked like a fucked up picket fence and i needed them very badly worse than she i mean she needs them because it's like oh we're gonna make some little adjustments that'll you know help her teeth fit better and you know set her jaw right uh, shit like that, you know, normal shit like that. My teeth were like, uh, I can't, you know, area one was next to one another and, <laughs> you right. know, they stuck out all over the place. So I needed them. I could, you know, my jaw was going to be screwed up and like one tooth was going to come in through my hard palate and shit like that. So for me, it was like, well, perhaps the discomfort was, uh, outweighed by the, I need these very badly. Um, but I, I mean, I remember that wearing them and I was, sense. the only thing that I worried about was like, Will she sit still for them? Because they have to. You know. She did great. She was a little. She was a little like, eh, but like she wasn't whiny. She wasn't. You know, she could tell she was just like, I'm still having to do this. Yeah. But it doesn't. It didn't take as long as we as I expected. I, I don't know. I mean, why. honestly, when they went to get braces, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. She might be great, which she was, or she might. Well, and and because the thing is now, it used to be like anything that kind of pushed her a little bit out of her comfort zone would sort of result in a in a escalation. Um, but we went to get her x-rays, for example. The x-ray thing was funny because I'd never seen this kind of x-ray myself. And I was like, I don't remember doing this when I was a kid. Uh, they had to stand her up. You know, she was standing up and she had to bite, you know, like, jut her neck forward and bite down and then, like, press they press stuff against her head. And I was like, that's a lot of different steps. And the step that she was having trouble with was biting down directly on the plastic thing. Because she was like, I'm fairly certain what was going through her head was like, well, I don't bite down on plastic. That's a thing I am told not to do. So I'm not. <laughs> right. Because we've so had she's... to tell her so many times, like the things that aren't safe to chew on because she's such a chewer. Yeah. And so she was trying desperately to like put her lips in between or like not bite it. And the, and the orthodontist was like, no, no, it's OK. You can put your teeth on. And she was and Bethany just looked like she was like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> So it took a long time to get the... And, and then when she finally kind of figured it out, she was having trouble sitting perfectly st- or standing perfectly still because she was in a weird position to start with. And, you know, she has trouble standing still on the best of times. So it was just like, can this thing go around her for a minute? And, and can she sit? So I was a little worried, like, is the actual braces thing going to be a problem? But apparently not. <laughs> Anyway, so this is a long-winded way of saying it's been a little busy in our house. Um, And a lot of uh, one new big experience after another or on top of each other or something. Um, But the other cool thing, um, I I think we've obviously said enough, so we'll leave you soon. But um, (laughs) I think another cool thing that I I just wanted to share was that I I think because I was so full disclosure with my family about how um, how it was the best and worst of times to make a film. Uh, it, it was like, I kept talking to Bethany about how like, Hey, I'm really doing something different and I'm really pushing myself and it's really, and it can feel very uncomfortable. Um, but look at that. I'm doing it. You know, I'm learning a lot. And she kept like, and I, and I, at one point was like, you know, like you are with school and everything. And she just like latched onto that. And I was like, see, we're twins. We're both trying so hard and we're doing new things and we're pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. And she was like, we are mommy and I are both really trying. Yes. You know? And she was just like, she really like, and that was very satisfying. I have to say for, for me, like feeling like, 
oh, I'm trying to model something for her, even though I was like kind of like trying not to lose it all the time. But it was like <laughs> it was like but I think there was the modeling of like, hey, it's a really hard thing and I'm trying not to lose it. But see, I'm, I'm kind of pulling it off. Sometimes I'm not. But then when I'm not, I try to give myself grace and the people around me try to. And, you well, know, that's that's learning and growing. And we can't you know, we keep talking about like we don't make decisions in our family out of fear. You know, and we just don't do it. And so that applies to you too, B. Like, so sometimes you're going to have to be brave and do something that feels hard. And she's like, well, you know, she's all well, and, cute and determined. And it's good for her to see. It. I mean, because we talked a lot leading up to it about like, well, this has been mommy's dream for years, for, yeah. for decades before you were born. And this is finally the realization of a dream come true. And to see the dream come true and for you to be like so up and down about it, I think was yeah. a good thing too. Cause she was like, well, what the fuck? If this is a dream come true. I'd hate to see like your nightmare. Cause <laughs> right. you're, I, you are worse than I have seen you in almost any other thing. Yeah. I mean, it was really a, um, and because it's, you know, the and work that you love or the, you because know, the, I care so much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so it was good for her to see that like, Hey man, sometimes the things that you really want and the things that are, are best are incredibly fucking difficult. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, because I think, you know, there is sort of this um, Disneyfication of like, you know, when your dreams come true, then you just glide through the golden arches of, mm-hmm. of the palace and then people feed. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But in any ways, it's like. Well, I think I could sum it up <laughs> with a bit of wisdom that I got from working on the show Bong Appetit Cook-Off. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. Um, well, actually, the, one of the things they said on the show is someone said, oh, well, you know, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And then someone else said, like, outside the show, uh, they said, oh, if you love what you do, uh, then you will always be taken for granted and you'll work really hard for, you know, not a lot of appreciation and your anxiety levels will be through the roof. And it's, it was just like... The, you'll you'll the re- work every second of your life. You, Yeah. If you really love something, it'll be, you know, probably incredibly hard to do, even if it's worth it. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I thought that was... Uh, that was a nice, you know, because it's both sides of the coin, right? It's like, well, yeah, if you love what you do, then yeah, it is like, you know, there is a load off of you a little bit. And then there's this even heavier load of like, yeah, now do it right. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. You better not fuck this up oh, because God. everything depends on oh, it. Oh, God. All of that being said, it's like, hey, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a special needs parent and you're trying to figure out how to make whatever your specific dream slash nightmare come true chances are you're a pretty tough cookie already yeah, so you've whatever you've already had your skin thickened quite a bit so whatever it is that you can uh that you want to do chances are you can fucking do it you can probably do it with a lot more grit than some of the normies can so you go out there and you you know you make that happen because everything this is gonna sound so dark but like everything in life is 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 a challenge anyway so face the challenge that gives you what you were hoping for or what you want to do what you're interested in because otherwise you're you're still having challenge you might as well because at one point very early on in the production i literally had this crazy thought where i was like this is so hard and i literally was just like I'm just going to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been waiting I mean, <laughs> for this for 30 years. I think I'm just going to give up. Like, And I literally, like, luckily I didn't say anything to anybody about that until many days later when I was on a better place and I could joke about it. But, um, but I did legitimately have that crazy thought. 
oh, I'm just going to go. <laughs> because it was so much pressure and I just kept feeling like I was failing and it was just so hard. I did have some nice encouragement from one of my my colleagues and she she basically was like, just act like you're, you know, fighting with the insurance company. You got this. <laughs> so fight with that insurance company in your life and, and make your dream come true, too. And, uh, and, yeah. and hugs to you while you make that happen, because it ain't easy. But, none, not, you know, I, I just kind of realized I was like, well, any other option I can think of of what to do with my life is hard. Everything I'm interested in is incredibly hard. So whatever it is, fine. Then I guess it's just going to be hard. But I'm a tough cookie. So there we go. We all are. Yep. Do what you love and then cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> Hey, everybody. If you want to reach us, you can write us at sensoryoverloadpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to sensoryoverloadpodcast.com to get all the links to our social medias, the Facebooks, Twitters, the Instagrams. Come and join us on the social medias. Post with us. Make us a family. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, (laughs) you can't have it all.